This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Craig Kopp, reporting, though it was never in doubt, Joseph Ladapo has been confirmed as Florida's Surgeon General. I think um, Dr. Ladapo will do a fine job, and, and we got him confirmed today. That's not how Democrats felt about the nomination, but they were outnumbered. The Surfside condo collapse is changing the way Florida deals with aging buildings. Uh, what was clear right away was that millions of folks that are living in Florida condos now are in the dark about issues that affect the safety and financial health of their condos. A bill tightening up inspections and forcing more transparency is on its way to the Senate floor. A House bill to reduce the number of required certified nursing hours at nursing homes was singled out for a prayer vigil by nursing home workers. Crisis in care goes well beyond and before the pandemic. Sometimes prayers are not answered. The bill was approved by its last committee and heads to the floor. And suits for session was piling up the donations at the Capitol. I take it from from a, a former Seminole and, and uh, great Deion Sanders. He said, if you look good, you play good. Sunrise talks with the CEO of Volunteer Florida about why the annual clothing drive is so important. But first... With the Republican majority clearly in lockstep on his appointment, there was no doubt Dr. Joseph Latipo would be confirmed the state's Surgeon General by the Senate. And he has been. But not without Democrats having their final say. Jason Pizzo called out Latipo for his evasiveness in questioning throughout the confirmation process and urged him to earn the respect the job deserves and requires. When you are noncommittal to anything, you effectively look, then the optics are that you're a yes man. And we can't have the third largest state in the country's top doctor being a yes man to a politician. It is your opportunity. You'll be confirmed today by the majority. But sir, I, I ask you for the sake and safety of our children, speak up. No one's ever gonna criticize you for going against the opinion of somebody else who's running for reelection. So earn it, because today you don't have it. Senator Tina Polsky reiterated her opposition to Latipo's nomination on the grounds that he will not endorse vaccines to save people from sickness and death caused by COVID-19. He has give, was given every opportunity to promote the vaccine in hearings and in his public service announcements, but he won't. So we ask, what is his alternative plan? There is literally none. He has been given months to prove himself. And he has only proven himself to be a political mouthpiece for skepticism. There is a place in science for those who like to go against the grain, like the radical America's frontline doctors with which he is associated. And that place is research or academia, which is his specialty. He can publish all the editorials he wants decrying accepted science, but what he cannot and should not do is lead the Florida Department of Health. As senators, we are given this awesome responsibility to vet and vote on many very important appointments. And as my colleague said, we voted yes on every appointment thus far. And I have myself in ethics and elections, every single appointment thus far. I met with every single appointee in my office, save one. The one nominee Polsky did not meet with was Latipo. That was because the senator was fighting breast cancer when Latipo came to visit, and he refused her request to put on a mask. 
Republican Senator Aaron Bean called that just a case of bad bedside manner. The incident of a lapse of judgment of bedside manner, and uh, I think he's guilty. He's guilty. If we want to judge him on bedside manner, one incident, and I'm really sorry. I'm sorry it happened. I wish I could have uh, been there to coach him and to, to make sure that's okay, but you know what? I'm just so glad. I'm so glad you don't judge me on my worst day. After Latipo's nomination was confirmed, Senate President Wilton Simpson met with the press. Yeah, I think Dr. Ladapo will do a fine job as um, Surgeon General. Um, clearly, um, he has differing opinions than the, the, the I don't want to use a derogatory term, but the mainstay media. Um, he didn't, you know, usher in their, all their comments. When he was at Senator Polsky's office, I, we made comments based on that. We've made others. But I think um, Dr. Ladapo will do a fine job, and, and we got him confirmed today. 98 people died in the partial collapse of the Champlain Towers condominium building in Surfside last summer. It sent shockwaves through Florida's aging condo community. It was the third largest building collapse in American history. Now the state legislature is moving to try and prevent that from happening ever again. A Senate bill mandating regular inspections passed through its last committee and is on its way to the Senate floor. The bill's sponsor, Republican Senator Jennifer Bradley, said this has been a collaborative effort. The collaboration built on the substantive experts across the state who immediately convened after the tragedy, looking for ways to provide meaningful change and recommendations, finding solutions to make sure that this could never happen again. Uh, What was clear right away was that millions of folks that are living in Florida condos now are in the dark about issues that affect the safety and financial health of their condos. The Senate bill requires condo associations to be a lot more open about their finances, including having enough money in reserve to make necessary repairs. But the key here is making sure the buildings are inspected when they need to be inspected. It creates a milestone inspection program. It'll be conducted when the building reaches 30 years of age and every 10 years thereafter. Uh, Buildings within three miles of the coastline that are in a much more corrosive environment will have milestone inspections when they reach 20 years of age and every seven years thereafter. The executive director of the Florida Engineering Society stood in favor of the bill because he says it also makes sure the right people are doing the inspecting. This bill does it just right in that it um, it puts qualifications on the people that will be doing the inspections. Um, they will be licensed under Chapter 471, which gives them a professional engineer's license. And then they have to have five years of structural design experience and five years of experience inspecting ex- existing buildings. The, the companion bill coming from the House does not have that. It just simply says they have to be licensed under 471. That licenses multiple disciplines. It could be somebody in transportation or water resources. They all have the same license. So we need to make sure they have the, the correct experience. Legislation to cut back nursing home staffing requirements by cutting the number of certified nursing assistant hours and making up those hours by providing non-nursing care cleared its last committee. Backed by the nursing home industry, this bill's pitched as a way to modernize nursing home care. Opponents say it's a way to cut costs. At a prayer vigil against the bill, Miami nursing home worker Joan Phillips said it just puts more strain on an already strained nursing home workforce. It's very difficult, job. And one has been made even more challenging with the pandemic. It's been an incredible, traumatic two years of work and worrying that we will bring the virus home to our families. 
So many of us have gotten sick, and yes, some of us have died. While we stress, the nursing home industry is trying to use crisis in another excuse to lower staffing standard and boost their billion dollars profits. But the crisis in care goes well beyond and before the pandemic. Seniors like me have a long birth for low wages and little benefits. Turnover has also been high, with recruitment and retention hard. While we care for others all day, many of us can't even afford health and coverage of ourselves and of our own loved ones and families. I struggle each day to pay the bills. We all know that wrong, that's wrong, but this is the way nursing home companies pocketed billions of dollars each year, most of them own their tax dollars. The nursing home industry says there's a staffing crisis, and this legislation allows them to target certified nursing assistants more strategically. For a seventh year, clothing from legislators, their staff, state workers, and more was donated at the annual Suits for Session Clothing Drive. It was back in person at the Capitol after being forced to go to a drive through system last year because of the pandemic. It's one way to clear out your closet and make way for some new stuff, but there's a lot more going on than that. Sunrise talked to Volunteer Florida CEO Corey Simon about what makes Suits for Session a success on a number of levels. How much stuff do you end up collecting on a, a, a day for Suits for Session? You know what? It, that, that is yet to be determined. Uh, we will take it out and we will count everything and, and then weigh everything uh, at the end of the day and, and kind of see where we end up. Last year, we collected in a down year, which we were, you know, with the Capitol being closed and uh, going to a, a drive-by function. Uh, we collected over 600 pounds of things last year, and, and this year we'll, uh, we'll probably dwarf that amount um, when it's all said and done. Seven years it's been going on, which means it's popular and successful. Why do you think that is? Well, I think I think uh, the legislature, the private sector, our state employees, um, all of our agencies really get behind it. They see the need. Um, and at the I think at the end of the day, uh, the hearts of people matter and they really want to focus on really giving back. And, and this is a way that they can do that. Um, and, and put it in the hands of, of programs that need it, young people that need it, folks that are coming out of uh, out of prison that need it, that are going back into the workforce. And so um, I think people see the need and they want to facilitate that need. I've seen a couple of times in reference to Suits for Session, a local project with statewide impact. Yes. I think you just mentioned a little bit of the statewide impact. Who benefits from these donations that you're collecting? Well, every year we, we select agent, uh, different uh, different organizations across the state. Uh, this year's benefactors will be Bridges International, and um, uh, which focus on inmates that are leaving the prison system and getting back into the workforce. Uh, AMI Kids of Panama City, um, and then Career Source Gulf Coast. So those are the three agencies, that are, three organizations that we've selected this year um, to be our benefactors. And so these these clothing items, whatever it is you're collecting, goes to people who don't have the means to 
get themselves, I guess, presentable for your job interview or anything else you're 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 facing at that point, right? Correct. These are folks that are in that transition phase of life and they're trying to get back into the workforce or, or going for their first job interview. And, um, you know, I, I take it from from a, a former Seminole and, and uh, great Deion Sanders. He said, if you look good, you play good. Uh, and so we want uh, the folks that get an opportunity to to wear these clothes to feel good about themselves when they walk into that job interview. Uh, they want to be secure. In the fact that, you know, they, they've done their part. Um, and now the rest is in the hands of someone else. But you want to put that, uh, put that really, you know, put that front out there that um, you're secure. You feel good about yourself, and that's what it. That's what a great suit does. Uh, you walk a little bit differently. You stand a little bit taller, uh, and so we're we're happy to be able to to do this. It makes a tangible difference is the phrase I uh, read ab- about a program like this. And what you just mentioned, it really that really hits home when you think about. You know, you walk a little taller when you look your best. Yes, absolutely. You know, I, it, it's something about putting on a suit. It, you know, it, and it doesn't matter what job you're going to look for. And maybe maybe I'm, I'm showing my age a little bit, but, um, you know, I've, I've always been one to, to think that, you know, if I can walk into an interview and, and I look the part, um, you dress for the, for the job that you want, not the job that you have. And so uh, this gives uh, young men and women that opportunity. And you're getting men's and women's clothing. I don't know. Describe, uh, if you could, you know, some of the kinds of stuff over the years that you receive. Suits, um, I guess. Ties, belts, shoes, socks. I I mean, we, you know, outside of undergarments, um, that's what we try and facilitate. When they they walk into some of these organizations, uh, they get the things that they need. Um, And the. So that's what we do. You know what I want to talk about a little bit, just in case people don't understand your organization. Describe to me what Volunteer Florida is, what it does, because this is one of the things that you're involved in. But you're involved in more than just suits for session. Correct. Correct. We, uh, I, I call us the, the, the three-legged stool of our volunteerism. And, um, the major leg of that stool is we have, and what we were created in statute to do is to administer the AmeriCorps program um, to uh, for the state of Florida. Uh, and so that's the first leg of the stool. The second leg of the stool is our emergency management leg, uh, where we, we serve as the ESF function for the state of Florida, uh, respond to, to needs-based, um, uh, you know, we respond in, in times of disaster, um, as well as uh, funding our CERT programs across the state. So um, that's the second leg. And then, you know, the, our suits for sessions uh, sits in our volunteer services leg, and, and we use our volunteer connect portal to be able to connect nonprofit organizations and government entities across the state with volunteer opportunities and, and the people that are out here across the state that are looking to volunteer. So uh, we, we cover a lot of bases. Um, for the state and all of them good and so it's it's a need it really speaks to the heart of of where people are uh, wanting to give back and we try to uh, create an environment throughout the state that gives them that opportunity what's the weirdest thing you've seen donated of late (laughs) (laughs) you you know you 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 always get the the person that may be cleaning out their closet and so their undergarments will fall into a bag but um you know, we, we don't want those things, uh, but that that's it. And it's, it's nothing too crazy. Now, uh, men's clothing pretty much stays uh, the same. Women's clothing goes through some fashion trends uh, back yes. and forth. But, uh, you know, I suppose there's a, well, you know, 
three-piece suits. I can't remember now if they're back or gone. But <laughs> you, you know what? I think they're back, but I am not the one to ask. I have I've long been outside of the the trendy uh, the trendy fashion marketplace. <laughs> Well, Corey Simon, um, the CEO of uh, Volunteer Florida, I appreciate your time today. Uh, Good luck with Suits for Session. Thank you so much, and I appreciate you having me. Here's some of what's happening in Florida politics today. The House Redistricting Committee will consider a congressional redistricting plan this morning. The House will hold a floor session, take up a number of bills, including a proposal that would make changes in the regulation of pharmacy benefit managers. The Senate Special Order Calendar Group will set a special order calendar that will list bills to be heard on the Senate floor. The Senate Appropriations Committee meets this morning, and the House Rules Committee meets 15 minutes after today's floor session. Also, the Florida Supreme Court will release weekly opinions. The Florida Board of Chiropractic Medicine will meet this morning. The Florida Transportation Commission meets this morning, too. The Florida Commission on Human Relations will meet at 10. The State University System's Board of Governors will, among other things, take up the confirmation of Florida International University Interim President Kenneth Jessel. Charlie Chris holds a Parents' Roundtable in St. Pete this morning to talk about Tallahassee culture war politics and efforts to defund Florida schools. And Democratic gubernatorial candidate Annette Tadeo will talk about health care issues during an online event held by Florida Voices for Health. And finally, when you think of a smoking ban, you think, yeah, no smoking. But a House bill allowing counties and cities to regulate cigarette smoking at public parks and beaches will not impact those who want to vape or smoke cigars. The bill has been amended to make it clear that unfiltered cigars cannot be regulated by anyone but the state government and will remain legal. Now, the key here is that it's not smoke, but the filters that consistently rank as the top trash cleaned up on Florida beaches. Plastic tip cigars, we should point out, can still be banned from beaches under legislation being considered. There are still quite a few differences between the House and Senate versions of the no beach smoking bills. But the House version goes to a floor vote today. Smoke them if you got them. Non-filters are tipped anyway. That's it for today's edition of Sunrise. I'm Craig Kopp. And join us again tomorrow as we do another daily dive into Florida politics.